be live. Okay, great. Thank you guys for joining me. This is Chi Talk, and today we're going to talk about what are the best practices to, to practice in the wintertime. Is there a different way to move in wintertime than other seasons? You know, this is Chi Talk, and we're talking about Qigong and energy medicine. And my name is Ellie Cohen. I'm a medical Qigong practitioner and energy healing coach. Uh, this uh, video is going to be transcribed into the podcast called Awaken the Healer Within. And it's also on YouTube. So if you like this, you can subscribe to this channel and also click the bell button if you'd like to receive notification with any talks or any different uh, movement video that I'm posting on YouTube. So thank you so much for joining. Thank you for your time and presence. And uh, we are still in winter time, even though I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like went down south. I'm here in, um, in Palm Springs, so it's a little bit more warmer here, but we're still officially in winter time. And that's an interesting thing about um, Chinese medicine that every season we, we, we have, we work on different practices and different energy. And I just wanted to kind of shed a little bit light on this and in winter specifically. For anybody that practiced Qigong uh, or any movement practice really, it's really interesting to know what would heal us in this part of the, of, of, of the year. So let's start like we always start, uh, start with, uh, with a little bit of meditation. If you will, just kind of close your eyes and feel your body inwardly. When you are feeling your body, you're tuning into the felt sense, the sensation of this physical form and shape of the body. Sensation of the, the thickness of the body, the mass, and all the sensation within this physical form. Normal sensation, regular sensation, bodily sensations. That we're, that's what you're tuning into. And feel free to go and check different areas, how they feel in terms of physical bodily sensations. It could be density, you could feeling breath or blood flow or tingling sensation or maybe pain or maybe even numbness. and see if there's any area in particular that your mind is attracted to. Any area in particular that you feel more compelled to go to? It might be area of, uh, of difficulty, of discomfort. It could be area that just grabs your attention for some reason. And investigate it a little deeper. So as you investigate it a little deeper, go with your attention very sharply. And see what sort of sensation you find in this area that attracts you to what, what kind of sensation there's there. 
And where is the boundary of that space? Is it like a few inches in volume or is it more? Is it tiny? Is it large? Start to define the perimeter of the place, or maybe there's no perimeter. Maybe it just kind of fades away on its own. Just explore it. As you get your attention there, see if you can also draw the breath into that area. If it's an uncomfortable sensation, then exhale from the mouth. If it's just a comfortable sensation, pleasant sensation, that draw you into this area, then inhale and exhale through the nose. Realize that the breath, with each breath, you are amplifying or you bringing good energy into this place. It's almost like you have a garden there and you're irrigating the garden. And the irrigation, the water is the breath. And as you continue this visualization, this process, the garden become more beautiful, the colors more vibrant, and it grows. From here, let's slowly opening our eyes. Beautiful. Just a little bit of healing meditation. And there's more people here. Hi, Corinne. Hi, Marty. Uh, hi, Carla. Good to see you. So, um, yeah, so some Qigong Taoist meditation. So we have a lot of visualization incorporated into it. Now, today we're going to talk about uh, seasonal practice like uh, there's people working behind me but just ignore that <laughs> um seasonal practice so what what uh, what is important to practice a certain practice for a, a, a certain uh 
season or a condition. So um, Chinese medicine acknowledges that every things that happen in nature, we are being affected by it. Yeah, if it's too hot outside, there's going to be a lot of perspiration. We're going to be also a little bit e more easily agitated, a little bit more impatient. When it's really cold outside, the, the pressure is, is uh, stronger and we're going to feel, yeah, if, if it's raining or there's a lot of clouds, that, that, that would reflect on our internal environment as well. Yeah, a lot of a lot a lot of times we say uh, uh, winter blues. Yeah, people feel more depressed in the winter, and people feel more agitated in the summer, or more tend to be, uh, you know. And also, it reflects on hospital visits. There's a data that's showing that in the summer, most if if you would get if people would get a heart attack, they will get it more in the summer than in other times of the year. It's just because, uh, you know, the outside um, environment supports, it, it taxes more of the heart. The heat, the fire element is connected to the heart. The heart is uh, also the we call the fire element in Chinese medicine. So too much fire, if you are stressed and agitated and it's really hot outside, uh, you know, something can happen if you're already prone to it. So our practice, our Qigong practice will really reflect what's going on in our environment. A good Qigong practice would try to bring us more into balance with what's going on outside because it's impacting us. So for that matter, in the, in, the, uh, in the winter season, the winter season is uh, being, uh, the, the organ that is being affected by it is the kidney. The kidney is being affected, kind of like the, the, the summer and the heart is very easy to understand. Also, the kidney is being taxed in the winter. And, and that also reflects in, in, uh, in doctor and hospital visits. It's very inter interesting that it works like that. Uh, and also, we know the winter blues and more people feel uh, pain in lower back and the joints are a little bit more stiff in the winter. So there's a lack of circulation. Yeah, there's more stagnation happening in the body. Uh, everything is in hibernation everywhere in nature. And we actually want to be kind of like in the state, in a meditative state, you know, in Qigong practice, we would say that the winter time is a time to be a little bit more still. And, uh, and the practices in the winter, so, so we really want our Qigong practice to help us in the winter in, in these conditions, like low circulation, stiff joints, achy lower back. Not that everybody suffers from it or winter blues. Again, know that everybody suffers from this, but this is uh, kind of like what we want to prevent and, and the practice should balance you, yeah? So if it's really cold outside, we want to turn on the heater, the internal heater. And we have few heaters in our body. We have few heaters. We have three heaters, really. Uh, the biggest heater is, we talked about, is the heart. <laughs> so the heart energy. A lot of time in winter, we engage with love, with joy, with compassion, with engaging with the heart. Also practices that work on the heart energy 
would be very important in the winter. Another heater, yeah, we have three heater, is the Dantian heater. The Dantian heater is what we called, we actually named it in, I think last week or two weeks ago, we, uh, I think we talked about the digestive fire. No, actually that was in one of the classes. We talked about the digestive fire. So the digestive fire is located just underneath your navel inside of the body. And we call it, that's the digestive fire. So that's uh, what cooks your food, what digests. And there's a way to, um, to engage with that fire, to actually improve digestion. And that also would, would tonify the kidney. So we want to have really warm lower back. The lower back tend to get stiff in the winter. So uh, again, the Qigong practices would, would uh, starting, you know, would start with, uh, with connecting with this heater, with the Dantian heater, with, uh, with the heart heater, another heater would be in the sexual center. Yeah, that's a big fire. Sexual energy is a big fire. <laughs> and that's why people say uh, hot sex. <laughs> they don't say cold sex. <laughs> yeah, so that's a big heater also. So, uh, so in, the, in the winter, we want to kind of open these fires and warm up the body and move the circulation from the center to the extremities. And really the practice would reflect that. Something else that is very important in the winter is stillness practice. So from the practice of connecting with the heater and drawing the energy from the center to the extremities, and this is really what we are doing in the, in the winter season, we also want to connect with, uh, with stillness practices because uh, stillness practices, yeah, we uh, are helping our, uh, our bones and our ligaments. So a lot of times movements are very good, but when you, when you want to strengthen the core and the bones, uh, you would go into more of a stillness practice, so a qigong posture, stillness posture that, you know, it, there's actually no movement. We call them the very yin, you know, how to move in a more yin uh, uh, way is to actually almost not move at all. So there's movements that are very slow. Yeah, and that's water movement. So it's very, very appropriate for winter, but also just stillness would be the most yin type of movement. Also in stillness, there's movement. But what happens when you are in stillness is that the energy get drawn into, into the core, into the bones. That's what's strengthening the bones. So a lot of times, you know, when we did the workshop a few times in the past and how to strengthen bones and, and the core of the body would be a practices that are, are more stillness, you know, just try to hold your arms up for a longer period of time. At some point, they're going to start to shake. That shaking comes from within, from the bones. And that would really uh, kind of uh, strengthen. Eventually, you're going to feel very strong. Uh, so any practices that are, are stillness practices would, would, uh, would kind of come in. You attract energy. So there's uh, there's thing, and that, that connects us to the last talk in the past 
why you move so slowly in Qigong. Because the ancient Chinese realized when you move fast, you extract energy from the body. Yeah, look at martial artists. When they punch, it's very fast. And if you do it for a long time, you're going to be fatigued. You're actually taking energy from you and pushing it out. When you are kicking somebody or kicking just like a bag of whatever sand, you are taking your energy and moving it to the bag of sand. You're moving it outside of you. So you're extracting energy from the body. So the fastest you move, the more extract energy, the more you can become fatigued. Also running, you know, like jogging, running. You actually extract energy. You become tired. You're hungry. You need energy. You need to, not that it's bad. It's just, it's just a, a, a certain practice, you know? And in the winter season, we want to um, not do that too much. So in the winter, we actually want to attract energy. How do we attract energy as opposed to extract energy? We're going slow. So what the Chinese, uh, ancient Chinese realized is that when you're going slow, you attract energy. When you're going fast, you extract energy. When you exhale, you move the chi outward. When you inhale, you move the chi inward. So when you exhale, see when a martial artist kick, what does he do? Exhale, right? He said, ha, is even accentuate the exhalation by making a sound. And that actually extracts more energy. It's actually proven that when you kick, with the sound, like with the heart, that's why they make a sound when they kick. The, the fist, the, the punch is stronger. Yeah, so when we want to, so when we inhale more than exhale, we, we attract energy. So not that this is all what we wanna do in the winter, it's just a general kind of, uh, you know, like you want to go a little slower, and again, the slowest you go, which is a standing posture, eventually the energy you attract it in, 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 in. And this is, uh, this is what conserving energy is about, storing energy is about. This is what the animals are so, uh, you know, they're so uh, still in the winter because they don't want to lose energy. Yeah. So, uh, so we want to not lose energy, but we also want to warm up the body. Try to stand here for, for a period of time and you see that you're becoming very warm <laughs> eventually. If you hold a little bit of weight, just squat a little bit and hold this posture. You're going you're gonna to generate a lot of heat, especially if you breathe into the lower back. So, uh, so there's, uh, there's a little bit on, on winter practice, on winter Qigong practice and how to, I guess, the the the, the the talk can be also called how to store energy or how to, uh, you know, not, not extract too much energy. So in the winter time, we want to, and this is also, by the way, why you want to eat a certain food in different season. So you want to practice a certain way. You want to move your body in a certain way. You want to eat in a certain way, right? You want to eat seasonal vegetables and fruits. So that would be more root vegetables, you know, things that are uh, growing underneath the ground. So they're more yin, like carrots 
and things that are uh, uh, under the earth. Under the earth would be more yin. Above the earth would be more yang. So uh, you want to nourish. So when we eat something that is uh, more yin, like root, it also attract the energy inside. So root stuff like ginger, you know, or onions or garlic, these things are going to be um, attracting more, attracting the energy. So the, so there's in Chinese medicine, if you have something, some ailment that is deep inside, you have to take ginger or something that is uh, growing underneath the earth in order to heal it because you, you want the, the herb to go deeper. Yes, yeah, so when we want to go, when we want to eat something in the root, something more yin, is if we want to go deeper. So, so everything would reflect that. So our practice, our qigong practice, would be a certain practice. Our uh, our food and 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 the way we, you know, we do, we do more meditation in the winter. We we are more reading books and things like that. So. Um, so this is kind of like a general uh, view on, on, on winter energy and what is the best practice to practice Qigong. And if I would like to invite you to class, I know that you're already coming to class, most of you, but if you are not, or you know somebody that, that have the winter blues or, <laughs> or feeling stiff in lower back or joint, this is really, uh, this is kind of an open invitation to come to class and to and to see how that works for you how the how the movement in the winter works for you so um so with that said i'll just open it to a little bit of q a if you have some or sharing whatever you'd like to uh to mention or to ask and um so see if you have anything to say any question about this uh or in general about winter uh, yeah, Corinne, go ahead. Hi. Hi there. <laughs> I have a question for you because I'm surprised you still talk about winter because here it feels like spring already. And I was <laughs> I wondering when winter ends with Chinese medicine, with uh, tra traditional Chinese medicine. In two weeks. Oh, in two weeks. Okay. Yeah. So and it's a little bit of a switch. Are we going to switch to, we're going to talk about spring soon. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so yeah, no, I know I, my partner told me, he told me, what are you talking about winter? It's almost spring. I'm like, you know, I, I like to talk about winter, <laughs> but uh, we were still in winter, but it is very close to change into spring. And then when the spring, spring embodies the energy of water, right? Spring, spring embody the energy of water. Look at the plants that coming out of the ground in the spring. They are very flexible. They are very, the fresh grass is the most uh, malleable, flexible. Why? Because it has still the water in it. So it's a slow transition. So the first, the, the, how, how the spring starts, it still has a lot of water in it. Then slowly it becomes dry and dry and stiffer and stiffer. You know, and then the bloom, and then the summer, and and then the driest season would be the fall. But um, but in the in the spring, we are shifting to the liver energy. So that also connect with joints, by the way, with joint stiffness and uh, 
And a lot of people get in, in the spring or late winter or early spring, uh, they get most of the joint issues are, are in, in that time, in the early spring or late winter. And, um, and there's, a, there's a lot of the, the, shoulder, the shoulder season have become very problematic for a lot of people because uh, uh, we, we can talk about it for another talk maybe that it would be interesting. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Corinne, for mentioning the upcoming season. <laughs> I'm looking forward. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and you know, and it, it is, everything is transitioning slowly. It's not just like two weeks and then boom, it's, a, you know, everything is, uh, that's why I said the beginning of the spring is still, there's still a lot of stillness and a lot of the winter energy and slowly transitions. Uh, yeah, and and other parts of the of the um, you know like here now I'm I'm in Palm Springs and it's it's definitely spring here, and uh, and so for people that ask the question maybe hey I'm I'm already feeling spring then practice spring practice so it, people that live uh, in a different uh, climate should practice things that are for their climate people that are in uh, northern places like uh, you know north california or even canada they're still in the in the winter so uh, mostly mm. and so 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 the then the winter practice would be very appropriate still so it really depends on what season you are in and some people live in san francisco which is has a very <laughs> <laughs> it's almost no seasons in San Francisco, right? It's always like you can always eat a, a warm bowl of soup in San Francisco because it's always cold and foggy and all that, you know? So, <laughs> so I used to live in San Francisco. Uh, but so then you, you'd have to match the environment to your practice. And that would be the short answer for that. Makes sense. Yeah. Thank you. Uh-huh, Gail, yeah, go ahead. What movement would you suggest, uh, let me, how, how do I phrase this? Not just heartache, but uh, in a previous talk, depression was mentioned, uh, a certain amount of constriction because of worldly events, let's say, and it has an effect on the body and a, a form of retreating. What? I went to your spring movement because, as I said previously, my heart hurt, but perhaps there are specific movements that you might suggest to uh, release, relieve, and enliven a stagnation or a constriction in the body. Connected to connected to more like a depression or um, any kind of emotional constraint you know, this the stress yeah uh, I would I would actually suggest to uh, to connect with the practices in the fall practice connected with the lungs you know things that are uh, lung related would would um, would uh, up up your energy your uh, the lungs are related to to this to kind of this condition that you're talking about. And so I would uh, encourage people to also uh, practices that when you inhale, you lift up your arm and you look up. So all the practice that lifting up your chi, 
Yeah. So in general, the lift, you want to lift up your chi. So it, it also is very good for winter. If you're feeling winter blues, uh, movement that go from the bottom up would be more, more lifting up your, your energy than, than, than the other one that going, than going down. I don't know if that's, uh, but, but the, yeah, the lung practices, the, all the sequences for, for lungs, for uh, fall practices would be really good for for anything that has to do with what you're talking about yeah and uh, and connecting with the heart and connecting with with uh, you know and and also practices that are uh, all the movements are connecting with flying movements so moving the arms would open the heart would constrict energy from the heart so so anything that is going upward, looking up, and practices that are moving the arms, flying movement. There are many, many uh, different flying movements. Flying wild pigeon. There's the flying wild goose practices. There's the the birds, uh, bird flying. There's different flying practices that would be very good for uh, relieving constriction from the heart. Um, and 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 smile a lot and laugh a lot and you know that's very important <laughs> and uh, you know it's it's uh, it's interesting it, the, all these things that we are resisting all these things that come into our life that we are resisting turn in stagnation and we want to see how can we be less attached to to what's going on you know, around us, but also inside of us. I mean, that's really the practice, you know, there's three levels of attachment and that's the cause of suffering. That's very, very Buddhist. I'm sure you know that, but you know, attachment to bodily sensation would cause in suffering, attachment to pain. You know, there's people that are more attached, more, more, um, they don't like pain at all. <laughs> Nobody likes pain, but there's people that are really, uh, really suffering i think in general they say that women's are more tolerant to pain than men right because uh but men are not too tolerant but the most uh, you know and there's people that always seek pleasure you know bodily pleasures you know so the attachment to physical sensation is one level of attachment then you have the the attachment to emotions you know if i'm feeling sad i don't like it i don't like it i don't like it so the reaction to this would cause would cause suffering or people that always look to be happy you know so uh so that's the second level and then the third level of, of attachment is the attachment to mental mental uh issue <laughs> so like if if you're if you're a fan of a football uh team and they lose and then you're depressed or to a political party and then they lose you know people that really like trump a lot and then he lost they got so upset you know and so the vice versa so and that's an attachment to thoughts and beliefs like you believe that this is the political party of that's the true that's the, the what should win and then it loses <laughs> and so so the attachment, so this is the three level of attachment, body, emotion, and how can we <laughs> learn to be less attached to that? Less attached to that. And, and a lot of times things are happening 
the long run would be they 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 happening and good things happen after they happen <laughs> so some sometimes something bad happens like the coronavirus <laughs> and all of a sudden something good comes out of it so a lot of times that uh, growth or changes uh comes from 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 things that are not feeling so good and so i always ask what is what where where is the blessing <laughs> show me the blessing show me the blessing in this and what do i what should i learn from this and and that takes the edge off you know for me okay we went too far philosophical talks <laughs> but that's that's really interesting it's kind of like a way to like you know you can you can ease the suffering we're all in it together <laughs> so uh we all feel the same and i think you know and i think it's like what do you do to work with this and so okay i hope that's good that's a good answer it's a very it's so from a qigong perspective for more like a mental perspective you know, when, when my, my teacher told me that, he told me, you know, also a political party is also just an attachment to something. Another person thinks something else that is better. And why, why, why do you think your, your, your political party is better? And then I thought, you know what? I need to get rid of it. I, I don't need to hate people that love Trump or whatever or love the other. I, I need to, like, it's, you look beyond that. And, and so I think that's very important. I think that's a good, a good lesson. <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much. Let's do a, a closing meditation. I hope that was, that was a kind of um, a good and beneficial. Good to see you all. Let's, uh, let's come into a closing ceremony. Just uh, uh, maybe we'll, let's do a movement actually today. So let's do, let's see if I can do a movement in standing still. I just, I, I thought about it, let's do it. So we're gonna bring the hands here like this, but a little lower in the lower abdomen and inhale. Flip them up, push them up and exhale to the side. And bring the inhale. Continue, look up. Smile. So we bring the palms, the palm face up. Inhale. And exhale. I'm thinking that you're moving the energy inside of your body. So as you pump, come up, scan the body, lift the heart, lift the lungs all the way to the brain and to the sky. Look into the sky and back to the earth so you're kind of fluffing up you're scanning internally nice and let's bring the hands by the heart just like holding a chi ball and here you can close your eyes and smile to your heart Feel the energy. You can kind of pulse, go in and out, closer to the heart and away. Feel the chi here, feel the energy here in your heart center. 
and visualize, make a visualization that is very beautiful, like, like you're holding a bunch of beautiful flowers or you're holding a bunch of smiling babies here and breathe in that energy into your heart and lungs. So the lungs and the heart, that's why I said the lungs, the lungs are the heart, very strong connected. The, the lung create room for the heart. So we say the lungs is the palace and the heart is the, the king or the queen, lives in the palace. So when you breathe deeper, think about you cleaning the palace, you expanding the palace for the king to have all that space. And you fill the palace with flowers, with good sand, with good chi. The king is happy. Your king is happy. Your queen is happy. Nice. And let's bring the hands on the heart center itself and feel the chest. And feel the gratitude too. Yeah, you can visualize that palace and the queen and the king inside. And your job is to take care of these organs inside of you. It's a whole, it's a whole universe. It's a whole universe. So many cells and organs and so much. And your job is to love this body. And let's open the hands to the side, palms on, on the legs and open the eyes. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much. We have a yawn here from Edward. Good job. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys, for joining me. And uh, really, really appreciate this. Uh, and thank you. And let's, uh, let's meet next time. Thank bye you so Bye-bye. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Thank you so much, Ellie. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you.